Hello everyone, hola a todos. Bienvenidos al cuarto episodio de Learn Mexican Spanish with Diego. Mi nombre es Diego Prado y estoy muy contento de estar aquí con ustedes el día de hoy. So, welcome to this uh, fourth episode of Learn Mexican Spanish with Diego. My name is Diego Prado and I'm really happy to be with you today, as always. Uh, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, I invite you to go to the very first one so you can check all the lessons uh, that have been given. And also, you can ask me any questions if you have any. So today, we have a very particular topic. Now, uh, let's switch then to Spanish to start. De seguro te preguntarás el tema de hoy. El tema de hoy son Mexican adjectives. Adjetivos mexicanos. Y es verdad. Lo que pasa es que, como en cualquier otro idioma, hay algunas expresiones incluyendo adjetivos y palabras que son originarias solamente de un país y México no es la excepción, por lo que el día de hoy vamos a ver solamente algunas expresiones, hay muchísimas más y quizá pueda ser este un segundo episodio justamente con más adjetivos mexicanos. So you might be wondering why uh, I'm, I'm calling these Mexican adjectives. And that's right. What happens is that, as in any other language, there are some other words, including adjectives, that are typical or originally from one country, and Mexico is not the exception. So today we're going to see just a few of them, and then um, I hope that I can actually make another episode with uh, some other expressions that uh, you also might find very funny. Okay, so las palabras que aprenderás el día de hoy son normalmente utilizadas en el español de México y prácticamente son todas informales, ¿ok? Entonces, ten cuidado en cómo las usas, ya que normalmente tienes que utilizarlas ya sea con tus amigos, con tus conocidos o con tus familiares. Well, um, the words that you will learn today are often used in Mexico, of course, and they are mostly informal. So remember that you can use uh, these words then with your friends, with some acquaintances and with uh, your relatives, okay? And that's something that you need to take into account. So uh, remember, as we saw in the last episode, that you will need and the, the verb to be in its forms in Spanish, okay? The verb ser and the verb estar. Okay. Recuerda que entonces para poder conjugar esto necesitamos los verbos ser y estar. Esto los vimos en el episodio anterior. Entonces, si tienes alguna duda de cómo conjugarlos, te invito entonces a revisar este episodio. So, if you have any questions about how to conjugate the verb to be in Spanish with the two equivalents, ser and estar, I invite you to go to episode, uh, to the previous episode, so you can just... Um, go over it and then remember you can always ask me any questions through instagram or by leaving comments in your podcast service so let's start entonces vamos a empezar la primera palabra del día de hoy es padre let me say it one more time padre okay let me break it down padre and one more time padre Nice. Padre, eh, this word literally means father. This is the formal word for padre. But um, in Mexico, it's often used to say that something is cool. Okay? So let me just give you one example of what you can say. Okay? Esa palabra, padre, normalmente significa padre o papá. 
¿okay? Y en México en algunas ocasiones es utilizado para decir que algo es genial o cool, como diríamos ya en español también. Déjame darte un ejemplo de cómo lo podríamos decir. El concierto estuvo padre. La película estuvo muy padre. What did I say? The concert was cool. Or the movie was cool. Basically, here the word padre is replacing cool. So you can say the concert was padre. <laughs> El concierto estaba padre. Okay? Also, um, this word can also be used uh, when someone shows you an object or when you see or you find something that's really cool, it's common to say, que padre. It's basically when we're saying, oh, how cool. How cool is this? Okay. So then remember, the first word is padre. Try to say it. Padre. Excellent. Okay. Why don't we move on to the second word? ¿Por qué no continuamos entonces con la siguiente palabra? La segunda palabra es chido. It sounds like, a, I don't know, you ever um, said some words in Japanese, but then this word is chido. Chido. Let's break it down. Chi. Do. Chido. Okay. So this word, it's actually very informal as well, and it also means cool, okay? This word, let me tell you something, um, has uh, some particularities. It has a masculine and the feminine form, and also the singular and the plural forms. If you remember from the last episode, we saw how we can make an adjective singular, plural, masculine, or feminine. So the word chido will, be, will become chida for feminine, Uh, chidos for plural and chidas for plural feminine okay this word of course it's also used to describe an event an object or animals or whatever this expression can be used like that it's very versatile okay and again this expression is very informal as well okay um, now let me just give you a few examples entonces la palabra chido Okay. También tiene la formación de masculino, femenino, singular y plural. Si recuerdan, en el episodio anterior vimos la formación de los adjetivos en estas formas. Entonces, por ejemplo, si es chido, es un masculino singular. Plurales, chidos, que sería plural masculino. Femenino sería chida. Y femenino plural sería chidas. Recuerden que esta es una palabra que se utiliza para describir un evento, un objeto, un animal o cosas. Y esta expresión también es algo informal. ¿okay? Vamos entonces a ver lo siguiente. Imagina entonces que alguien te dice lo siguiente. La película está chida. O que alguien te dice. Tus zapatos son chidos. Ok, so let's just imagine that someone tells you this. La película está chida. Your movie is, or the movie, I'm sorry, is cool. Now, remember that the word película or movie in English is feminine. That's what we need to use, chida. You cannot say la película está chido. Mm -mm. 
you will say that película está chida. Also, then the other example, tus zapatos son chidos. Here you're saying, saying your shoes are really cool. Okay, and then remember, shoes it's a plural word and it's a masculine word. That's why you would use chidos. Okay, so um, basically, then wrapping this um, second point, then chido is used as padre, but then the idea is that um, this one is a little bit more more informal than the other one. Okay, then let's move on with the next word, word number three. The word is fresa. Try it, please. Fresa. Fresa. Okay, let me break it down. Fre. Sa. Fre. Sa. Fresa. Excellent. Now, this word literally means strawberry. Yes, it's um, basically referring to the fruit. But then uh, we're not talking about the fruit here. I have searched for some equivalents in English, but sadly, the closest word to this is when you describe, uh, I'm not sure actually about this, but then uh, when you say high, high maintenance, maintenance, I'm sorry, high maintenance. Um, for example, but let me just see, probably in, in English might not be that clear. But in Mexico, this expression is often used to make a reference to some conducts or some attitudes that are shown mostly by affluent people. Okay, let's imagine then that you know somebody that wears clothes of a certain brand or that only likes to drink coffee from an expensive brand. In Mexico, that's uh, considered as the word that I mentioned, which is fresa. Okay, now listen to the following examples. Okay, and then the example is Ella es una fresa. Le encanta solo usar ropa de marca. What do we say here? Let's translate this example into English. She is a fresa. She only wears this brand of clothes. Then, I, I don't know if in English we would say, like, uh, she is high maintenance. She only wears um, these brands of clothes. But that's something that, um, that the word... Um, can have in, in its meaning here in Spanish. Let me give you one more example. Then we have, ellos son unos fresas, nunca quieren ir a lugares baratos. They're really fresas or high maintenance. They never want to visit cheap places. Now again, if you notice here, only fresa can have the masculine and the um, feminine. I mean, it will be the same. You can say, he is fresa, she is fresa or the plural form, then you would not say freso. That, that word doesn't exist, okay? And then remember, this word uh, then means um, that you want to say that someone has like a very, a very expensive taste, let's say, or that he doesn't want to do, or he or she doesn't want to do particular things that are common to regular people, let's say. Okay, so I'm sorry if you're hearing this noise, but then remember since... Uh, we're in quarantine now everyone is at home so everyone might be just like doing some stuff but i hope this noise uh, stops for a moment now let's move on then with uh, the word number four the word number four is fodongo <laughs> this sounds weird so can you say it fodongo 
four dongle. Let me just break it down. Four dongle. Four dongle. Okay, very good. Now, the equivalent English word for fodongo is sloppy, okay? Which means that a person does not normally take care of his appearance or of his looks or the way he or she dresses, okay? In Mexico, it's often used in the same way, but it also, uh, remember, follows the patterns of the adjectives. So it can be masculine and feminine, singular and plural. Entonces, recuerden, el equivalente de esta palabra fodongo en, es, en inglés es sloppy. Okay? Normalmente significa que una persona no cuida de su apariencia o de la manera en la que ésta se viste. En México normalmente también lo utilizamos de la misma forma para decir entonces que alguien no, no cuida su apariencia. Y esta palabra, recuerden, sigue las reglas de masculino, femenino, singular o plural. Por ejemplo, diríamos fodongo for masculine singular, fodonga for feminine singular, fodongos for masculine plural, and fodongas for feminine plural. Let's listen to some examples. ¿Qué fodonga estás hoy? Porfa, cámbiate de ropa. One more time. ¿Qué fodonga estás hoy? Porfa, cámbiate de ropa. Okay, did you understand the phrase? Basically, we were saying, you look really bad today. You look sloppy. Please change your clothes. Let me repeat the example one more time in Spanish. ¿Qué fodonga estás hoy? Porfa, cámbiate de ropa. Now, if you notice, we use the word fodonga, which means feminine. And then, here we were using or we were referring to she. Okay, very good. Let me just give you one more example. Then we have. El fodongo de mi hermano anda en shorts todo el día. One more time. El fodongo de mi hermano anda en shorts todo el día. My sloppy brother wears shorts all day. Okay. Listen to the phrase one more time. El fodongo de mi hermano anda en shorts todo el día ok are you a fodongo? I hope not well if you we are in quarantine then everyone can be a fodongo Now, en mi caso a veces si sí, este ando fodongo algunos días especialmente cuando no tengo que dar alguna clase en línea si sí, este si sí ando algo fodongo So sometimes I'm fodongo, I'm sloppy because um, I may not have online classes, so I just don't decide to take away my pajamas. So I'm just wearing, I mean, my pajamas all day. So I become a fodongo sometimes. Excellent. Now let's move on. Then we have the uh, word number five. And this word is naco. Naco. Okay, try it one more time. Naco. Okay. Now, naco can be a little bit controversial. It is a word that could somehow be disrespectful if you don't use it correctly. Okay, this word naco follows the pattern again. Um, singular, feminine, masculine, and plural. So it follows the pattern O, A, O-S or A-S in Spanish. 
Okay, now now that you have uh, learned um, these patterns, how would you make then not going feminine? Mm -hmm. That's right. That would be naka. And then how would you make then the word naco in plural? That's right. So we would say nacos. And then how would you make then the same word in feminine plural? That's right, nacas. That's right. And then let me just tell you, I mean, this word makes me crack up because it is actually used, I mean... Um, And then this word is is um, used then to to make reference to someone that does not follow certain social norms, okay? And then, um, for example, let's imagine that something that's very disrespectful is to uh, chew gum. For example, in Mexico, is um, to chew gum and talk at the same time is something that's very um, disrespectful. So then you can say, que naco, que naco. It's like, oh, you're such a naco. Eres un naco. <laughs> Or, for example, I'm just telling you this because this is something that applies here in Mexico. Probably wherever you are listening to me from, is um, it might be different. Now, for example, if a person wears tennis shoes in a formal event, then someone in Mexico can say, que naco. Or, mira que naco. Okay, so here we're using the particle que to intensify the adjective. And then remember just that the word que intensifies the adjective to say how. Okay, now as I said, this can be used in any way, but even you can use it with your relatives. And when you use it with your relatives or with your friends, it may not sound so aggressive and not so offensive. For example, let's imagine then that your brother or your sister says something inappropriate to you. So then you can just say, no seas naco. Uh -huh. No seas naco. <laughs> Basically, we are just saying in English, don't be a naco. I couldn't really find an equivalent for this word in English. If you know it, then I would appreciate your comments. But then... Um, Yeah, if you if you have it, then I would appreciate it. If you, if you know a word in English that has this equivalent, I would appreciate this comment. So, um, entonces recuerda que esta palabra puede ser utilizada también con tus parientes o con algunos amigos y no necesariamente es algo agresiva. Por ejemplo, vamos a imaginar que tu hermano o tu hermana te dicen algo que es inapropiado. ¿okay? Puedes decirle, no seas naco ¿okay? o no seas naca. <risa> y bueno, como les comentaba, no encontré un, un equivalente en, de esta palabra en, es, en inglés, pero si ustedes conocen alguna, por favor, eh, compártanla conmigo y si pueden, compártanla conmigo en Instagram. Ok, then let's just move on. Let's move on to uh, phrase number six. Then the word is metiche. Try it, please. Metiche. Metiche. One more time. Metiche. Let's break it down. Me. Ti. Che. Metiche. Excellent. Now, this word means nosy or someone who loves to gossip. 
Now, this adjective in comparison to the others is neutral, so it can be only used in singular and plural. Okay, you will not use a or o to make it masculine or feminine. You will use the word metiche for he and for she. For example, you can say, Wow, que metiche eres? Then we're using metiche for you because then you're saying you eres. Okay? Oh, wow, que metiche es ella? Wow, she's very nosy. I'm sorry, she's very nosy. Oh, wow, you're such a nosy person. Que metiche? Or then you can say, oh, my neighbors are nosy. Mis vecinos son metiches. Okay, so this this word is kind of funny. And then um, there is actually another variation for this word. Now, um, I live in an area which is um, very close to Mexico City, which is the capital. And then I basically live like around like a two-hour drive. Mm, yeah, let's say two to four-hour drive. Depends. And then uh, some variations of these words might be heard. For example, another word that's equivalent to metiche can be meche. <laughs> can you try it? Meche. Meche. That's right. It's, not, it's like you took away the T. Okay? So... Now, in this case, um, this word meche means the same as metiche, and it follows the same rules, okay? It can be used with basically anyone that is, uh, with everyone, and it's not offensive, okay? You can even use it with your mom, for example, and then, or with your father, even if they're older. Then you can say, oh, no seas metiche, no seas meche. And then we're saying, don't be nosy. Very good. Let's move on then. We just have um, four more words. We only are going to check 10 today. Now, the next word is sacatón. Sacatón. Yeah, it has an accent at the end. Sacatón. Okay, let me break it down. sa ca ton Sacatón. Okay, now this word means coward, and we use it in the same ways in, as we would use them in English. Now, the formal word here is uh, in Spanish is co cobarde, cobarde, which is the regular equivalent to coward. Now, this word then um, is usually used mostly for men, okay, and then you might hear some women say it to other women then you would say sacatona but it's not commonly heard let's just listen to some examples no sea sacatón or el es un sacatón I think this is more for example like uh, um, I was thinking about an option here. Uh, we have a verb in English which is like uh, chicken out. And then remember like when, when there is a situation you don't want to be involved in and then you might feel a little, a little bit scared, then you would say, oh, I chickened out. Then um, we have an adjective for that action, okay? But then if you know another word that would mean the same in English, I would appreciate, appreciate your comments. Now, let's move on then with word number eight. Word number eight is teto. 
Yap. Teto. Teto. Let me break it down. Teto. Teto. Okay. And then this word makes me laugh so much. Esta palabra me hace reír muchísimo. Esta palabra es normalmente utilizado en el masculino, pero también se utiliza en femenino. Y la verdad es algo muy chistoso, es muy de niños, digámoslo así. Y normalmente se utiliza para referirse a personas que tienen conductas que no son de gente mayor, de gente madura. ¿okay? En algunas ocasiones, por ejemplo, también se utiliza para hacer referencia a personas que tienen ese aspecto como de nerd. Okay, if you know what I mean. Now, um, this word then is used mostly in the masculine, but also in the feminine, and then it makes reference to people that are very silly or that uh, have some childish attitudes. And also, uh, it has be, it has been used these days to make reference to a person that looks like a nerd. Okay, like if you see this one person just with glasses and this kind of like nerd look. Someone who is like a bookworm in the, in a library, and you say, "Okay, oh, teto." <laughs> yeah, I know. So you can say, "Qué teto," or "Oh, qué teta," or you can say, "Ellos son unos tetos." Ellos son unos tetos. Or you can say, "Ella es una teta." Okay, uh, and again, I didn't really find one word that would be equivalent for this in English, but if you know any, I would appreciate your comments. And be careful in the way you use this word, um, especially in the feminine word, okay, in the feminine form, I'm sorry, which is teta, okay? And the feminine word, if you don't use it in the correct context, it can mean boobs or boobies. <laughs> so just be careful. Okay, <laughs> we will need um, more examples for this. Now let's move on then with number nine. Now the word is baqueton. Let's try it. Baqueton. Baqueton. And then the feminine. Baquetona. Baquetona. Okay, and this is another word that actually makes me laugh a lot. This word baqueton means that a person is very lazy and that this person is actually proud of being lazy, okay? Esa es otra palabra, la palabra baquetón o baquetona me hace, me da mucha risa. Y en general, se utiliza para describir a una persona que es muy floja y que incluso es orgulloso de serlo. ¿Por qué no escuchamos algunos ejemplos? Let's listen to some examples. Ellos son unos baquetones. Ellos son unos baquetones. The equivalent would be, they are very lazy. Or listen to this one. ¿Qué baquetona eres? Ponte a hacer algo. You are so lazy. Do something. Listen to this one more time. ¿Qué baquetona eres? Ponte a hacer algo. You are so lazy. Do something. Okay, esta palabra no es ofensiva de ninguna manera y la puedes utilizar este, con, con tus amigos o con cualquier persona en realidad que conozcas y, por ejemplo, si alguien está en su casa nada más perdiendo el tiempo, puedes decirle, no seas baquetón. 
So this word is not offensive at all. And then even you can use it when mm, someone has not done anything productive during the whole day, <laughs> like in the quarantine, right? And then you can say, no seas baquetón. No seas baquetón. Excellent. Let's just move on with the last word of the day. Then the word is chafa. Can you try it? Chafa. Chafa. Let me break it down. Chafa. Chafa. Okay. Esta palabra hace referencia entonces a objetos que tienen muy baja calidad. Y también puede ser utilizado para hablar de eventos o de situaciones que te haya tocado experimentar. La palabra chafa está en su forma femenina. Y se utiliza entonces para referirse tanto a masculinos y femeninos, ¿ok? No tiene una forma masculina, no vas a decir chafo, ¿ok? Esta eh, palabra es muy común y es muy utilizada en México también. Y algunos de tus amigos se sorprenderán al, al verte escuchar a utilizarla. So, the word chafa makes reference then to objects that are of low quality, ¿ok? For example, like when you go to those dollar stores, that some of those objects can be um, useful, of course. I mean, I'm not saying they're not useful, but then the quality is not the best. Then you can say that those objects are chafas, okay? And then you can make use of this um, word also to make reference to events that you have experienced. Now, this word is feminine, and it doesn't have the masculine form, but it does have the plural form, okay? Then this one word is very common to be used in Mexico and your friends will be really surprised to see to see you use it. Now, let's imagine that you went to one concert and it was not as you expected it uh, to be. Now, listen to the following conversation. Ahora vamos a imaginar que fuiste a un concierto y que escuchaste entonces la siguiente conversación porque como que no te gustó el concierto. Oye, ¿cómo estuvo el concierto? Mm, estuvo muy chafa. Okay, listen to the conversation one more time. Oye, ¿cómo estuvo el concierto? Mm, estuvo muy chafa. Now, do you understand? Now we have, hey, how was the concert? Mm, it was not good. So then the word chafa here can also mean not good or bad. Okay. And then we have another conversation. Mira, esa computadora es muy chafa. El teclado no funciona bien. Mira, esa computadora es muy chafa. El teclado no funciona muy bien. Look, this computer is very chafa. <laughs> It's not good. The keyboard does not work properly. Or even you, you hear this, like, uh, this expression with also in between young people here in Mexico. We say, oh, tu teléfono es chafa meaning that it's not a good quality or it's not like the top brand, okay? Excellent, very good. Now, today we have learned 10 useful adjectives. Why don't we just review the list? Listen to the list first. Number one, padre. Two, chido. Three, fresa. Four, fodongo. Five, Naco. Six. Metiche. Seven. Sacatón. 
8. Teto. 9. Baquetón. 10. Chafa. Okay, I just told you the masculine forms in the singular way. Now, why don't you repeat them after me? Ready? Uno. Padre. Dos. Chido. Tres. Fodongo. Cuatro. Fresa. Cinco. Naco. Seis. Metiche. Siete. Sacatón. Ocho. Teto. Nueve. Baquetón. Diez. Chafa. Well done. Why don't you try making a few phrases and then share them with me on my Instagram, Mexican Spanish with Diego. I would be really happy to hear your the way you use these adjectives. Muchas gracias por haberme escuchado el día de hoy. La verdad me da mucho gusto saber que estamos juntos en este viaje de aprender español. Recuerda que aunque sea un poco de español, es mejor que nada de español. So thank you so much for having been with me today. I'm really glad um, to know that we are together here in this journey to learn Spanish. Remember then that a little Spanish is better than no Spanish. So keep on learning. And then, well, we'll keep in touch. Remember that this podcast is for you and I love to hear from you. Do not forget to subscribe to your podcast service and also follow me on Instagram. See you soon and take care. Bye bye. Nos vemos pronto.